Welcome to the audio podcast, the weekly sermon of the First Presbyterian Church of Brooklyn. We continue our multi-access worship both online in our recently renovated sanctuary. Sunday morning service is in person at 11 a.m. and we are live on firstchurchbrooklyn.org as well as the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Now, this week's message. Already. But let's pray as I begin to expound on them. Dear God, be with us this morning as we look for a word of hope, as we look for something to hold on to, something to get us through these dark days. God, you have been so faithful to us. Pray for your faithfulness in this moment, your inspiration, your peace. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope is a discipline. It's a spiritual practice. It's an exercise. And without this competency in hope, we will die. But exercise requires fuel, something like spiritual calories. So, what's fueling your hope these days? What is there to hope in when empire is doing what empire does? Affecting the destruction and displacement of vulnerable people on the blood-soaked basis of political and economic expedience? What is there to hope in when our elected officials are bought and paid for and refuse to listen to the voice of the people? When they refuse to acknowledge fundamental moral facts or basic legal restrictions? What is there to hope in when public discourse is occluded by tribalism and the perverted prospect of personal gain? I have been encouraged by a new consciousness developing in people, especially in younger generations, experiencing the brunt of neoliberalism's contradictions who are now able to observe the moral bankruptcy and bloodthirst of the state and the capitalist class that it protects in a way that crystallizes this regime's commitment to money and power over people. People are beginning to unpack and unmask the pretensions of our settler colonial and imperialist project forming a new understanding of their obligations to and solidarity with indigenous people, colonized people all over the world, including within our own borders, as black Americans still struggle against these logics, as indigenous people still struggle against the encroachments of capital and call explicitly for land back. People are beginning to see how racism and the carceral state and imperialism are intertwined with one another. As across the world, anti-blackness shapes the antagonisms between projects of white statehood and their internal and external colonies. If the generation that observed the Vietnam War and the one that came into consciousness alongside our scurrilous and million times deadly wars in the Middle East were not radicalized by what they saw? If this level of death and destruction was not enough to discourage their patriotism, 
I believe the rising generations are breaking that pattern. And this gives me hope. The self-sacrificing action of activists and organizers gives me hope. The millions of mobilized people of conscience gives me hope. The truth-telling gives me hope. In the face of an onslaught of nightmarish images and even more terrifying rationalizations of organized state terrorism, there is movement towards a glimmering horizon. But we're still here in this moment, this apocalyptic historical moment. And life was already hard enough, even for us in the belly of the beast. Even for us and our relative comfort, which is of course parasitic upon the wretched of the earth, it's still full of its own pain and disappointment. We each have our own personal struggle for survival, our own battle with a soul-killing world. So how do we get through? How do we sustain life in a world that feels so antagonistic toward flourishing for no other reason than to press on for those who suffer more than us. Our reading today sets forth a pattern. We find Elijah and a famine. The people of Israel are starving, including him. God has sent ravens at one point to feed him, but soon, once they are no longer showing up, he's at death's door again. And so he goes to a widow a Sidonian woman, a Canaanite ethnicity living in the land that Israel has annexed and taken for itself. She's a minority living under occupation, hated by many for her ethnic difference. They were all supposed to have been killed in the conquest, right? But she resolutely persists. The widow is a pariah because she's a Sidonian, And because she's a woman without a man, and therefore a non-entity according to the law, she is ultimately vulnerable, and in a famine, she is not protected or provided for by anyone. And so here comes this guy, Elijah, a prophet of Israel's God, and he asks that she make him something to eat. And she might have thought that he was an occupying soldier, capable of demanding her food or her home or her body. And she replies that she's just making a final meal for herself and her son before they die together of starvation. But he continues to press her, asking for food, promising that everything would be okay. And so, out of faith in God, out of fear of this strange man from an oppressive majority group, out of hopelessness and a desire to meet death a moment sooner anyways, whatever the case, she makes him a meal. And then she awaits the slow death of starvation. But when she rises in the morning, perhaps to pray, perhaps to spend her final moments looking over a land that she loves but is no longer hers, She finds a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour. Incredulous, 
She gives in to the temptation to avoid death for one more day and makes a meal, another final meal, for herself and her son. And then they prepare for death again. Then she wakes up the next day, and there's a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour, just enough to get through. Day after day, she wakes up to find that God has provided not storehouses full of food for feasting, but just enough. Like the manna that God provided the Israelites in the wilderness. They couldn't store it up or it would turn to maggots. Just just enough for the day. Until the rains come. Until the moment when scarcity is no longer the condition. When life flows through the land, when abundance is not just her promise, but suddenly becomes her reality. But until then, a little bit of oil, a little bit of flour, and they're going to be okay. That's what you have to remember. That's what you have to look for every day. The rains may not be here yet, but there's a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour There are moments that will sustain you like flecks of hope and glimmers of light. There are things to notice. A few days ago, dogged and soul-weary, I was walking through the neighborhood. And I saw this train of children, maybe five or six years old, and they were on a field trip together. They were holding that little rope, you know, (laughs) all buddied up with their, like, high-visibility vests on, (laughs) Um, just trundling along, you know, with their little whatever. And, And then coming down the street towards them was this guy with, like, 12 dogs, dog walking them. And so you could see what was going to happen, you know, the two contingents, right, collapsing into one another and chaos ensues and these little squeals of delight and, and barks and licking and commotion and whatever. And, and uh, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I can do this. <laughs> maybe I can get through today. Even when there aren't puppies and children, I, uh, I like to go and I'll If I've had a really hard day, I'll go and just get myself an ice cream sandwich from the bodega and go sit in front of the TV and just vegetate in front of something totally inane and pointless, you know. Just push the world out for a moment. Whatever it takes to get through, right? There's always something to find a little bit of hope in. Something to strengthen you for one more day. A little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. And we're going to be okay. Who knows how long we have to survive this way? Who knows how long before the rains come? The rains of personal progress? The rains of revolution? I don't know. But I'm committed to the belief that they will come. No one knows the day nor the hour, Jesus says. But heaven will descend to earth. And justice will flow like rivers, and the trees will bear fruit for the healing of the nations. So one day at a time, loved one, among these harrowing nightmares, one day at a time, a little oil, a little flour, and we're going to be okay. 
But here's a harder truth, a deeper and more liberating one. It doesn't negate what I've just said. I want you to hold that close. But we have to think through the second part of this story that we didn't read this morning. So the rains do come, and the torment eventually is over. She's no longer barely surviving day by day, but the complications and pain of life continue also, but in different forms. The child that she had thought would die, who was saved by God's faithfulness and by the rains, that child dies. Her life wasn't suddenly perfect once the ordeal was over. Something else comes along. And this can be the most disheartening thing. When we get through painful seasons and we think we're in the clear and then something else comes along. This knowledge can be so disconcerting in the hard places. This awareness that even if we make it through this moment, something else will crop up and bring us down again. We might find equilibrium after a season of disorientation, but we know something else is coming down the road. A new challenge, a new form of pain. And we might feel exhausted, like we can't endure one more thing. We might feel guilty, like we did something to deserve our suffering. We might feel faithless, thinking that God has abandoned us. What was this widow thinking? She survives this famine only for her child to die sometime later. What was the point of surviving? Perhaps she would have rather died then than have her hope and sense of security extinguished suddenly with such cruelty. But here, again, even in this moment which is poised to break her, God shows up again. Elijah goes into the dead body of her boy and breathes life into it. The child is raised by the grace of God. There is once more a way out of this pit of despair and hopelessness. God makes a way for life where there was none. The incessant condition of struggle, confusion, pain, and even death are not judgments against you. They're not witnesses to your alienation from God or from people. These are our common struggles, and they are not for us to bear alone. We have one another. And we have a God who sees and cares and intervenes on their timing. So loved ones, you may be just barely getting through. But look for a little bit of oil. And a little bit of flour. That God is providing to get you through. And yes, you're worried that there is more to endure beyond this moment. But God will be with you then too. Jesus says not to worry about the things of tomorrow. The pain of the present is enough. God will provide today, and God will provide tomorrow. So as we navigate our lives in this apocalyptic political moment, remember that there is a little oil and a little flour 
and you're going to be okay. Remember that God will not abandon you to the pain of the present or to, your, or to your fears realized in the future. In all of it, God is present and providing. The rains will come. And so will resurrection. We will have what we need. And this dead, broken world will be raised from these pits of death. Just a little bit of oil, a little bit of flour, and we're going to be okay. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust you were fed as well as challenged by the content. This audio archive supplements a video library of the entire service. The video, along with music from our internationally recognized gospel choir, is available on firstchurchbrooklyn.org. We provide multi-access worship options both in person and online Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We are live in the sanctuary as well as firstchurchbrooklyn.org and the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Visit firstchurchbrooklyn.org for more information on both online and in-person worship. Remember that now, as always, you are loved.